It's time for the Josh Kirby on Sports Podcast. Oh, indeed. I'm glad you connected. This is Dave Johnson, voice of the Washington Wizards. You have connected to the right place because you are listening to my man, Josh Kirby on Sports Podcast. Hello? Is this thing on? Can the Kirby on Sports, uh, you know, listeners hear me? Good, because we have a big show today, ladies and gentlemen. We are introducing a new segment called The Drive. Yes, there are questions that you probably have. Why is Carlos the Swiss Army Knife Martinez opening the show? I will answer that once we come back from this intro. Christian Pulisic's favorite podcast, The Kirby on Sports Podcast, episode 170. I will be your humble host today, Carlos the Swiss Army Knife Martinez. Why, you ask? Because the man, the myth, the legend, Josh Kirby, is off-site today, but he's still joining us live from his other job, you know, at the radio station. The man, Josh Kirby. What's going on, Kirby? Well, first and foremost, I appreciate you doing this because, uh, I mean, this time of year, it's basketball season. And, I mean, I'm fumbling around, and it's like, you know, I have some downtime, but stuff can come up like that. And who else? But that's why this is such a great team, and you, Carlos, the Swiss Army Knife, and Dan, the weapon, because I can trust you two to help me out with the show when I'm not able to, but – I'm here for the time being, and I'm just ready to talk some sports, and let's have some fun with it. Yeah, let's definitely have some fun as my dog goes crazy in the background. Sorry about that. Let's bring in the weapon, Dan Dembski, the third member of the three-man booth. What's going on, Dan? Not a lot, man. That was a hell of an intro, and I didn't know... Uh, Christian Pulisic was such a fan of ours. That's news oh, to me. Sh- 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 sh. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a long-held secret that he, that this is his favorite podcast. Well, damn! Now it's out. That's too bad. But Shh, maybe that'll help. Yet. Maybe that'll help the listenership a little bit. Let's go. <laughs> All right. Well, boys, we have a big show today. We're introducing a new segment. We're scrapping the the format that we normally do, where we normally do either three, you know, deep dives and then the hurry up offense, which is never hurry up. So instead, we had a staff meeting, I guess you could say, in the group chat. <laughs> and we decided to scrap the whole format and we're doing something new. So for well, where are my manners? Where are my manners? First off, boys, how was your guys' Thanksgiving? Kirby, please. 
pretty good. Pretty good. Um, I had some fun eating turkey, you know, just the normal um, setup, turkey, um, food, a lot of food, and football. Um, pretty exciting game. So I, I couldn't complain. My Thanksgiving was fine. And uh, then Black Friday, it was even better. So, you know. Did you get Find anything nice? Cool? Yeah. Look at, look at you. I, <laughs> I, I got a United States draw, baby. Fair enough. Good point. Great, Fair great enough. point. I wasn't really going to bring up the World Cup here, but I mean, we might bring up the World Cup a little later. We got a lot to get to. Though. How about you, Dan? How was your Thanksgiving? It was good, man. It was it was a nice time to just lay back and relax, and you know, just like Kirby said, eat a lot of food, enjoy a lot of good football, um, and have just enough uh, patience to deal with my family, which was good. No, I'm just kidding. It was uh, <laughs> it was fun. So, and we played some we played some games as well as as a family, which we haven't done in a while. Which um, it's always a good was time. really was really nice as well. Yep, it's always a good time. What games do you guys play? Played some old dominoes uh, called. Uh, yeah, it's, you basically just match up dominoes. It's a pretty easy game, but it gets competitive. Mm-hmm. If some people get uh, cutthroat with it, so I, I was it. not. I was a. I was a gentleman. I was a sportsman and a gentleman. So, which means you weren't. <laughs> but it's fine. Yeah. What What can you do? All right, boys, are we ready to introduce this new segment? Let's do it. I'm ready. All right. Presented by Barrett Pest and Termite Services, we introduce to you. The dry bed bugs. The only thing creepier than thinking about them is actually having them. Trust me, you don't want to have them. Locally owned and operated Barrett Pest and Termite Services can keep you from having bed bug nightmares and infestations. Call 540-340-3922 to schedule your free inspection and consultation. If bed bugs are already in your home, we'll get rid of them so you can rest easy. We also specialize in keeping homes and businesses free of other pests, including rodents and termites. That's Barrett Pest and Termite Services, 540-340-3922. And before we continue, I'd like to, of course, thank the rest of our sponsors, PM Plus Reserves, Shenandoah Primitives, Dr. Dave Leadership Corporation, and Mark Francis with Icon Real Estate, who, of course, without their sponsorships i guess you could say this podcast would not be possible all right are we ready gentlemen already let's rock and roll i'm looking forward to this all right so we're the drive will be uh basic normally on a normal week it's three it'll be three segments you got the one o'clock games you got the four o'clock games and then you get the two primetime games, Sunday Night Football, Monday Night Football. But because it was such a special week, we have to add a fourth segment, the Thanksgiving games, because, of course, we had games on Thanksgiving. So we're going to start with the Thanksgiving games. Are we ready? Let's feast. All right. That was that great was answer. That was a little delayed. Great answer. No, that was a great answer. All right, boys, let's start first with the Bills <clears throat> versus the Lions. The Bills pulling out a... Close one, surprisingly. Uh, 28 to 25, you know, the Bills' second game in Detroit. What were your guys' thoughts on this game? Well, well the Bills. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I should have thrown it to somebody. That's my fault. Rookie yeah. mistake. You're all good. It's uh, it's his podcast. He, he goes first. Go ahead. I, I, I apologize, Dan. I, manners are all good. Uh, yeah. But, anyways, this game. You know, everybody have a narrative of like, oh, you know, the Lions are crumbling. They're not doing so well. The Lions fought really hard. 
I'm not sure what you all thought about the game, but uh, I thought the Lions battled in this game really hard. And I thought they almost had the Bills. But, I mean, the Bills are just a better team. And they had that drive. Josh Allen coming in clutch to Diggs, that 35, 40-yard bullet pass, and getting the job done. So, I I mean, the game was exciting. Good Thanksgiving football to watch. but Surprisingly it was, for a Lions game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for the Lions. <laughs> but um, – Still, I mean, the Bills obviously were the better team because they were able to close it out. But, it, I, I mean, hats off to the Lions because they they lost to the Bills 28-25, to which everybody thought going into this game, this game would be a blowout. But I, I did like, like for exam, uh, example, Amin Rossi Brown, he had a really – Impressive game, in my opinion. I, I think Jared Goff made good decisions with the football in terms of passing, making smart decisions. And it, I, I think the Lions had a br- pretty good game plan. But unfortunately, when it came down to that last minute, Josh Allen drove down and they kicked the field goal. So, and uh, another thing, the amount of missed field goals I saw in this game from close range in a dome, I, I, I was sort of confused about that too. But other than that, it was very exciting football from what I saw. But J- Josh Allen, I mean, he played decent, did throw that interception, but um, still, the Bills, the better team because they drove down the field and won. A couple stats here before uh, you know you you give us your thoughts on the game, Dan. I mean, Jared Goff, twenty three for thirty seven, two hundred forty yards, two touchdowns. Um, Jamison Williams had himself a, a little bit of a day, uh, eighteen carries for sixty six yards, one touchdown, and like Kirby mentioned, Alquam St. Brown. <laughs> Nine receptions, 122 yards, and one touchdown on the Bills side. Josh Allen was 24 for 42 for 253 yards, two touchdowns, and an interception. He was their leading rusher with 10 yeah. carries, 78 yards. Of course, Singletary had 14 carries for 72 yards. Um, and a, a relatively spread out performance for the receivers. You know, uh, McKenzie had six receptions for 96 yards and a touchdown. Diggs had eight receptions for 77 yards and a touchdown. And Davis had four receptions for 38 yards. I mean, the, the stats were kind of crazy. So what were like, like, how did you view the performance? Yeah, I, I think Kirby said it well. This, uh, this Lions team is a scrappy one. And they, they've been that way most of the season. If you think about a lot of their losses, they've been close. Mm-hmm. Um, they have had a couple Patriots games loss. where they, I was going to say they have had a couple games where it's been a little lopsided, but for the most part, I feel like they've played competitive football. And, um, you know, you see the passion with Dan Campbell whenever they win. He's just a passionate coach in general. But I was impressed with with the Lions. Um, the thing is, with the Bills, um, when, you're, when you're playing a team of that caliber, you have to play perfect down the stretch, especially at the end of that game. And you can't give Josh Allen a chance to drive down at the end of the game and win it. And... Um, you know, he's, he's going to find a way, I'd say, nine out of ten times. Not not always the case. We've seen it before. Um, but I, um, yeah, I, I, I think I, I was surprised how close this game was. I think this was a chance for the Bills to sort of come out and, you know, show that they're in. I think they're still an upper tier team, but to really separate themselves from, um, you know, other teams in the AFC, because quite frankly, <clears throat> to me, it's Kansas City 
And then I think everybody else just sort of falls in line and you can debate, you know, who's second, third, fourth, whatever. And um, the Bills, the Bills to me still, like I said, I think they're still a top tier team, but you know, you can't let a team like Detroit hang around. And I, I felt like they just didn't do enough, especially there in the third quarter um, to, to put the game away. Um, obviously <clears throat> they, they got a safety there in the third quarter. That was the only points. Um, but yeah, I, I think both you guys covered it well. Um, Josh Allen is, you know, obviously he's human after all. That's a lot of passing attempts, 42 passing attempts in one game. You know, it's there, there's going to be mistakes made. And, and obviously, I think if you're playing a higher caliber opponent, you probably see a couple more interceptions um, when, when you're throwing at that rate. But it helps to have the weapons that Josh Allen has. Um, the Lions are an interesting team because I think they've shown that they can pretty much stick with any team in this league, except, like you said, the Patriots game. Um, I think that kind of bodes well for Dan Campbell, quite frankly, moving forward. Um, if, mm-hmm. if they do decide to bring him back because he can say, Hey, look, we've been competitive in these games. We really don't have a lot on, you know, we don't have a lot of weapons on offense and, um, you know, we're, we're still kind of a young team trying to figure <clears throat> she trying to figure everything out. So yeah, it's, um, and you know, the lines are usually play very poorly on Thanksgiving, as you mentioned. Um, I'm not sure what their record is on Thanksgiving, but it's pretty abysmal in the last, you know, 20 years or so. So uh, I, I'm impressed from that standpoint. Uh, the Bills did what they had to do. You know, great teams find a way to win, no matter how ugly or no matter how it happens. So got to give the Bills credit for that. Um, but they, they definitely have a target on their backs, I think, right now. We've seen some of the weaknesses with this team, and we're going to see down the stretch, uh, you know, who comes after them in a way and exposes some more of those weaknesses right now. Yeah, I mean, in terms of like the weapons talk that you were talking, I mean, coming from you know the weapon, um, in terms of yeah, what can you say for Detroit? Uh, you know, they obviously have you know a, what's uh, the wide receiver from um, Alabama that they drafted that um, he he hasn't played this season because of his ACL injury. So like oh, they, yeah. they have that guy eventually coming back. Probably he, we won't see his best version of himself until next year it looks like he might be able to play a little bit here at the end of the season but he he pretty much gives like a very like he he gives them another threat like he's a vertical threat down the field Um, yeah so for that so for that they do have an answer but i think for sure i think dan campbell's coming back for sure because i mean this Lions team is very competitive and it's only a matter of time before you, you know they just need some weapons here and there you know, that they can get through the draft because obviously they're not going to get anybody big through free agency who wants to go to Detroit, you know, willingly, <laughs> you know, let's be honest here. Um, you know, they're, they're going to be able to build through the draft and hopefully maybe build themselves a team that they used to have when they had like the, you know, Stafford and they had Megatron and they had, uh, you know, yeah. Dominica Sue, you know, on that, you know, on that defensive side, you know, I think there were, there are a few pieces away from being, uh, you know, from being able to at least achieve a winning record here uh, in terms of the bills. I mean, I just think they're kind of going through a slump right now. They're obviously dealing with some injuries, you know, Von Miller's hurt. Of course, he, and of course he's been a big piece of that defense. Um, Josh Allen's also not playing at a hundred percent, but uh, you know, he's still slinging it 42 times, which is insane considering that he had an injury to a ligament in his elbow um, that had people very concerned. And here he is just, yeah, like a like rock. a Tommy John type injury too. Um, yeah, 
It's just nuts. Um, if I could just bring up one point, I know I caught the tail end. You were talking about Dan Campbell and stuff, but yeah. I agree that he he's not going to get fired because I mean, Detroit's had more wins this year than last year. First and foremost, and it's going to take a long time to get the Lions back to where they were. And I'm not saying Jared Goff is or is not the answer, but I think he's a decent placeholder for the time being, and they can either move to continue developing Jared Goff or go with another quarterback through the draft or something of that nature. But I I, I just think Dan Campbell, um, he, you know, I, I think he has one or two more years, and I think he'll continue to slowly build and change the Detroit Lions. And uh, uh, with this game in particular, they play really hard. Yeah, but that's been yeah, their they, identity all season thus far. So, I mean, like, it, I'm, it, it's nothing. It's nothing we haven't seen. I mean, look at. I mean, they took the Eagles to the brink. Like, it took the Eagles right. everything to to beat them. Of that's course, right. that was early in the season, but still, it, it it still looks pretty good on the resume. Like, hey, like we were close to beat. Like, like we they had to score so many points to beat us. Yeah, and and also back to your point about Dan Campbell. I mean, it's a tough job to come in there and be expected to turn around that organization that's had so many issues. And, you know, you talk about teams with front office problems. I think Detroit, um, I mean, they've been a dysfunctional front office for, I mean, I, I couldn't even tell you how long I'd say even when they were winning um, and winning, you know, in, with Matt Stafford, which basically meant making the playoffs. I think I'm trying to think like maybe two or three times while he was there or something along those lines. Um, mm -hmm. They, they always had, they always were competitive. But even back then, they, their front office was still kind of a mess. So I think it sort of starts there. And that's not something Dan Campbell can fix, right? I mean, he, he's just the head football coach. He just has to come in and, and get these guys ready for game day. So I definitely think he'll be back. Um, I know I've given him a lot of shit over the years, well, over the past year. Um, and I know I've said that he's not fit to be a head coach in the NFL. But that's, um, you know, I, I you can see what the players really feel about him. Um they would, I think, run into a battlefield for this guy, and I think we've seen that. And obviously, you know, he's a he's a hell of a motivator. And I think, um, I think the biggest thing you have to address, you mentioned uh, Kirby, Jared Goff's performance. He's played decent, um, but they've got to address that offensive line. He's just doesn't have a lot of time to throw the football in general. Um, and let's face it, he's not he's not the most mobile guy either. So you have to have to take that into account as well. So. That's got to be the first thing Detroit does in this offseason is you've got to shore up that offensive line. You've got to find a way to protect your quarterback, especially a guy like Jared Goff, who um, you know has playoff and, and Super Bowl experience. So um, I think I think that has to be priority number one for this front office in general. Yeah, so there's a lot of questions that are going to come with that. Of course, the Bills beat the Lions 28-25. We're going to move on to the next game. A per, you know, I, I should probably recuse myself from this conversation considering, you know, <laughs> I have personal ties to this case. But you know what? I don't give a damn, okay? Because finally, in a long time, it's been so long since I've been able to enjoy Thanksgiving, the Dallas Cowboys beat 
the New York football giants 28 to 20 and what people have been dubbing the Odell bowl, which I guess we can get into that in a little bit. Um, not anymore. I'd say he got kicked off a plane. That means nothing. That literally uh-huh. means nothing. That, but, okay. Well, I, uh, I didn't know if it meant anything for the it, team. It, it literally it has. It literally has not affected anything on that. No. So we, we don't even need to bring that up anymore. Um, there's two sides to every story. That's all I'll say about that. I don't know. But anywho, now now Kirby threw me off. Thanks a lot, man. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, boys, what would you guys think about the, the performance from the Cowboys and the fact that it took them a little bit to get into the game? Obviously, going into halftime, it was 13-7. But coming out of halftime, Dallas pretty much dominated the game. New York eventually got another touchdown to make the scoreline look a little more favorable, like they were in the game. But in reality, they were <laughs> outplayed in that second half. What did you guys think of this game? Go ahead, Dan. Yeah, this this was a game for Dallas to come out and, and really show and prove that they are a solid team, that they are they are who we thought they were. Um, and this, especially that they are who they thought you, who you thought they were, Carlos. Um, and I, I think they did that in this game. They, they pretty much, like you said, they pretty much dominated in the second half. I thought they adjusted really well and they just played a complete second half. And we haven't, we haven't really seen that from Dallas a whole lot this year, um, where they really, really had it working on both sides of the football. So that's what I was really impressed with. Um, and this is, let's, let's face it. They, they have one of the toughest defenses in the NFL and you know, they, uh, let me, I, I didn't even pull up the stats here. Sorry. I'm not prepared. So, um, shame on me. What, what, um, while you're pulling those up, can I just mention? Sure. I felt like, yeah. Uh, yeah. Go ahead. Go for it. I felt like there were a ton of penalties in this game. Like mm. the reps were getting in the way. Of game. A lot. I mean, uh, to that, I will say they didn't get involved as much as last year's Thanksgiving game. Last year's Thanksgiving game was literally all about the refs. It was the Cowboys against the Raiders and the referees. And oh, yeah. it was absolutely insane last year yeah. when I like recalling that game. So I do believe there was a lot of penalties in this game, but it wasn't as bad as last year's Thanksgiving game. But it's still something that both teams need to clean up for sure. Yeah. Uh, but before we throw back to Dan, I mean, can we talk about how beautiful those throwbacks were, though? It Oh, I miss those jerseys so much. Those jerseys are so beautiful. I love them. Yeah, those those jerseys are pretty sick. Not not going to lie. A lot a lot of teams have some bad throwbacks. Uh, you know, definitely a team that has pretty solid throwbacks and I mean, they've always had good jerseys, let's be honest. Um, but I would say, I would say in this game, the, the key takeaway for me, um, was we were, I think it, just like I said, like Dallas was out to prove themselves. I think the giants were as well. And, you know, I, I don't know if I'd call them frauds per se. Um, I feel like they had a pretty easy schedule for the most part and the wins they did have. And, um, we're kind of seeing now the true, New York Giants. I mean, when you look at Saquon Barkley, he was totally shut down in this game. And Dallas's defense deserves all the credit in the world for that, holding him to just 39 yards, which is insane. Um, and they didn't they didn't force any interceptions on Daniel Jones, but I felt like Dallas's pressure was key, especially in um, that incomplete pass to Saquon. I can't. I think that was towards. I think that was in the fourth quarter 
which pretty much ended the game. And then, like you said, Carlos, of course, they got a garbage time score. Um, so the score looked more respectable. Yeah, but this was a key game for Dallas. Um, huge win for them. They finally got the – they've gotten the running game going now. I've, that's a couple weeks in a row where we've seen they've been impressive. Um, Zeke, obviously, with 92 yards, and then Tony Pollard adding 60 yards to that. Um, really good combination when you when you have a power back and you have more of a speed guy um, like Dallas does. And then Dak, Dak had a good game as well. A little bit rusty. He did have two interceptions, um, but – you can make those mistakes when you have a defense that's as good as Dallas's defense. You know, you can put trust in them to know they're going to be able to get off the field or, or force a turnover or whatever the case is. So big win for Dallas. I, I think the Giants luck magic streak has run out. Um, and I, I still think Brian Dayball is a great coach. I, I think he's been a, I mean, coach of the year, debatable, right? I think we could, we could discuss that. He's a very but, passionate head coach. If you saw early in that uh, game on oh, Thanksgiving, yeah. not, not too happy there on Thanksgiving after that call. <laughs> yeah, he definitely he's a he's a fired up kind of guy. Um, there's no question about it. But um, the memes yeah, I, were I think the, circling everywhere after that. I was like, oh my god! I'm sure you reposted all of them, so we, we get a chance <laughs> to go back and see. Just giving you a hard time, but um, yeah, great, great win for Dallas. It it really this first half was kind of like a classic NFC East matchup where it was, you know, low scoring, very defensive, uh, battle. But the second half, Dallas really opened things up, and I was impressed. I was impressed with how they closed the game out, and really did it on both sides of the ball. Yeah, I mean the the second half adjustments were really big for Dallas because, like I said, that that first half was. Very stressful. I was very, I, I mean, I felt the nerves coming up again. Like, oh my God, are they really going to do this again? Like on Thanksgiving, like, come on, like, let's like, not let like every year, like, come on, like, <laughs> like, just let me enjoy, you know, the, l let me enjoy the holiday. Right. And, right. um, but no, I mean, they, they, they came out the second half. They, they really, you know, lit it up. I mean, 14, uh, I mean, it was pretty much what twenty-one unanswered points. Then mm -hmm. eventually, the Giants got a touchdown at the end of the game. So it was a pretty, pretty solid performance. I was very satisfied with the second half. Uh, you brought it up, like Ezekiel Elliott uh, again. This is why we need both of them because Tony Pollard, you know, he's 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 a great running back and everything, but you know Zeke really opens it up for Tony Pollard in terms of again Zeke is the thunder. Pollard is the lightning, right? Zeke wears down the Analogy. defense, and then and then you know that's when Pollard really comes through. Um, it, I also want to shout out the tight ends. I mean, Dalton Schultz mm. had two touchdowns, four receptions, thirty-one yards, two touchdowns. Jake Ferguson, I think it was what a fourth rounder out of Wisconsin who nobody knew anything about, had three receptions for fifty-seven yards, uh, and then. Uh, our, uh, we have a third one. I can't remember his name right now. His name escapes me. But he also had a pretty solid ga uh, game, not maybe reception-wise, but, you know, he definitely helped on, you know, like pass blocking and run blocking. So, um, and then their awesome celebration of the whack-a-mole in the, in the uh, Salvation Army. Oh, yeah. Was, was absolutely <laughs> awesome. So, oh, yeah. I mean, good, good times rolling in Dallas. Now, I, I, I'll ask you, Dan, do you think – like, do you think 
Dallas needs Odell? Or do you think it's a good idea for them to bring Odell? Or do you think they might be making a mistake bringing in Odell Beckham Jr.? You know, it's it's really tough because obviously we know what happened in the Super Bowl last year where he tours ACL and it's been, you know, almost nine months now since that. Well, I guess it's more than nine months now. I, I can't do math. Um, but I don't think they need him. I, I, I think Dallas has enough weapons to where it's not ne- it's not necessary. I think there are a lot of other teams out there, Baltimore, that have nothing um, that, that could use someone, just anyone at this point, th- who is at least sort of well-known to help them out. Um, so I, I don't think Dallas really needs him. I, I think, I th- I think like I said, I think C.D. Lamb, Michael Gallup, um, you mentioned Dalton Schultz had a really good game. Um, and then, of course, you know, you can also use Zeke and Tony Pollard in the passing game as well. I, you know, I don't really think it's necessary to bring Odell Beckham into the fold. Um, plus, you know, I, I don't really know. You don't really know how he's going to be till he steps on a football field and it's game time. Right. You don't know how he's going to be able to cut um, with that ACL, you know, repaired ACL, per se. So mm-hmm. um, definitely a concern. So I well, I would say no. I, I mean, to, to kind of, so I say yes, right? I think bringing in Odell only helps the team in terms of the fact that he wouldn't have to be the number one guy, right? That would be CD. He wouldn't have to be the number two guy because that is Michael Gallup. He would be the third wide receiver on this team, so he wouldn't have to bear the load. And you you know he would, and I'm pretty sure Odell would understand that. You know, he had a conversation with Jerry Jones on Thanksgiving. They had a Facetime call, and and they, and they talked. Uh, Odell's obviously on his little tour right now. He's going to visit the Giants, the Bills, and then he's going to finish with Dallas. Um, obviously, that shows Jerry has a lot of confidence in the fact that he's going to go see those other places, but when he gets here, he's not going to want to leave. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how the Odell sweepstakes kind of goes. It looks like Dallas is the front runner right now, but you just never know. I, I'm, I think New York is for sure out of the running just because they also play on a turf field. I mean, both all three teams play on a turf field, but you know, the legend of MetLife's turf is, is you know, infamous. You know, it's taken so many ACLs just like FedEx Field has, um, and FedEx mm-hmm. Field is natural grass, which is insane. Um, but there's just yeah. fully maintained. <laughs> there's that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I I, I think, you, you know, I think he adds more. And again, the NFC is, you know, is wide open essentially. Like. We've, mm-hmm. we've already shown that we can crush the Vikings. We're going to, you know, we're looking towards, you know, Christmas Eve where we're going to, uh, you know, we're obviously have the big game against the Eagles where we truly believe we're the better team than the Eagles. We, we don't really put a lot of stock in that, you know, in that first game just because, you know, we, we didn't have Dak Prescott in that game and this team wasn't at this level and yet we were still competitive in that yeah. game. And we, and we see the Eagles while their offense is 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 you know jumps got jump started again this week um they didn't necessarily you know their defense really struggled to put the packers away so like how, how are they going to handle our offense and then we have a much better defense than green bay's defense so we'll see how that goes um but so the way we see it is like, hey, like the NFC is there for the taking. Like, let's just go get it. And I think the, the Joneses are finally starting to see that too. And that's why they're willing to take an investment on Odell. 
Yeah, and I, I, I just want to add, lastly, I think you made a good point about Odell when you said he doesn't have to be the number one guy in Dallas, and it's kind of the same situation when he was with the Rams. Like, they didn't need him to be the number one guy. They had Cooper Cup. Um, I'm Van, trying to think of who Van else. Jefferson. Van, Van Jefferson as well. Um, so he was sort of like a two to three guy. Mm-hmm. Um, that's sort of the same thing it would be in Dallas. I mean, does he, he's not going to be playing above CeeDee Lamb and Michael Gallup, I wouldn't think. I mean, those guys are well, well established stars in this league and, and on that team. So, yeah, I, I think I think that's a good point. Um, I I don't think I changed my opinion, but um, certainly something to think about that I hadn't considered before. So, Absolutely. yeah, big big. Uh, it's definitely the game against Philly, a huge barometer for both teams. We're going to see is Philly really legit? Um, are they really what their record says they are? Um, and then for Dallas, I mean. If they if they're able to beat Philly, Dallas is probably the best team in the NFC. I mean, there's really no question in my mind. I mean, don't forget the 49ers are out there. The 49ers are looking pretty good, at least defensively yeah. right now. I mean, yeah, but they've been. Sure. We'll get to that game. We'll get to that game. Yeah, they um, they they've been too inconsistent for my liking. I think, but that's just me. We'll get to that. So, uh, with that being said, the Cowboys beat the Giants twenty-eight to twenty. All right, one more Thanksgiving game. We have the primetime game, I guess you could say. Didn't really necessarily uh, pay too much attention to this game. By that point, I was already sported out, I guess you could say, you know, because we had World Cup games going on, and then obviously we had the two Thanksgiving games. And then at that time, I was also eating dinner, so um, I wasn't really paying attention to what was going on. So I caught the tail end of the game, though, because I saw it was, like, still super competitive. And, of course, I'm talking about the Minnesota Vikings defeating the New England Patriots 33-26. to Kirby, I'm going to throw it to you. What did you think of this performance from Mac Jones? It was a great comeback performance he was 28 for 39 for 382 yards and two touchdowns and what did you think of the vikings response to uh you know come to to being able to overcome the short week after the shellacking that the dallas cowboys gave him on sunday (laughs) it was a very back and forth game in my opinion mac jones played his heart out and you could tell after the game he aggressively threw his helmet in frustration Because obviously a quarterback that's going to play so hard like Mac Jones did in that game is going to get frustrated when they don't come out with the win. Um, I feel like the Vikings, a huge confidence booster after this game because, um, because like you said, the Cowboys killed them short week and they responded to that adversity and managed to get the win to improve to nine and two. So, I I think um, that was huge, I'm, but Mac Jones I think he had one heck of a performance. I think I think they just played really well. It was back and forth, some very competitive football in that late slate. Like I had to stay up and watch the whole thing. And to be honest with you, with the short week and everything, I had I picked the Patriots. I'll be honest with you, I picked the Patriots because I didn't think the Vikings could rebound after a short week after that blowout loss. But I'm very pleased at the way how Minnesota handled that, got back, and defeated New England in a close game. And um, Well, another thing that you have to factor in is the fact that uh, 
it's a primetime game and it's Kirk Cousins and historically uh-huh. yeah. he does not perform well yeah. at, during a night game. So yeah, there's I, that I, too. I remember that too. So um, Kirby would know firsthand. Yeah. Firsthand. Yeah, firsthand. He absolutely. Would know. Absolutely. But I mean, a great performance all around. Um, I still feel like the Patriots um, are looking good enough to get a wild card. I'd say. Um, but I mean, it's Bill Belichick and I think Mac Jones is molding very well within the Patriots system. And, um, it was just, well, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know if we can say that because in the, in the past few weeks, he's really struggled. This is the first game where he actually came out and had a very good performance. Mm-hmm. He hasn't looked, I mean, there's been a bunch of Patriots fans claiming for Zappy to come back. That they're that they're zappy guys that yeah. that this Mac Jones you know experiment is done and over with that he's not the same guy from last year. Well, this is the first game where he looked like the same dude from last year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there could be an argument about that too, but I mean, I I just think the coach quarterback, yeah, Bill Belichick. You know, he's been in multiple Super Bowls, and um, if if anybody can like mold a quarterback better. I feel like it's Belichick and Jones, but who knows? I could be completely wrong, but all in all, this was a very competitive and exciting um, football game to watch to wrap up Thanksgiving while eating some more uh, pumpkin pie with whipped cream and ice cream. So yeah, there's nothing wrong with primetime football on a Thursday night with pumpkin pie and uh, whipped cream and ice cream. He had to say it twice, but Dan, I love it. it was so good. <laughs> but Dan, do you think this reestablishes the Vikings as a top contender? Do you think that they're still in the race for the number one seed? I mean, they're only a game behind, um, you know, Philly. Of course, Philly. Philly does own the tiebreaker on them. So, say Philly does lose to Dallas later on in later on in the season, it would be. Um, yeah, it would be you know, it would be the Vikings taking them over. Like, do you think that they're still in this race? Do you think they're they're there's going to stay the solid number two? Like, what do you think on that? I think they're definitely still in it. I think uh, I think the Vikings have a more impressive resume, especially with beating Buffalo. That I mean, that puts them, um, you know, I mean, they definitely played tougher teams than Philly has. So I I think I think I would put them up there. And you know, keep in mind, we still have. What seven weeks left? Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, if I can do math. Um, so anything can happen. I mean, we've seen week to week. We've seen a lot of upsets in this league. So, you know, you one of these teams is going to slip up, right? It, it's just a matter of when and against what what opponent it's going to be. So I, I definitely think the Vikings are still in it for the number one overall seed. Um, you know, it's it's just. I don't know. I, I, you can't expect a team to come out and blow out another team in the National Football League. It's just not going to happen. So, um, I mean, obviously Dallas put that. Uh, <laughs> you know, they they put down my theory uh, last week. So that's maybe that's not a great theory, but it's rare, right? It it doesn't happen a lot. The the talent. Um, what's the the talent? Uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? I do this once a podcast. I just can't think of um, disparity. There, there, there really is none uh, in this in this league. Everybody is professional level. So, 
I think Minnesota can get there. I, I think what it's going to come down to is, you know, what, what Kirk Cousins is going to show up. You know what I mean? Um, we all, we've all seen what Philly can do. We know they're a pretty solid team, and they have a really, really talented playmaker in Jalen Hurts, and we're going to talk about them. Mm-hmm. So I, I, but I, I do think Minnesota can get there. And, you know, this could be Kirk Cousins saying, look, you paid me all this money. This is what I'm here to do. And proving once and for all that he is worth the money that he's being paid because he really has never proven that, you know, even in the times he was um, franchise tagged in Washington for that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, ridiculous sum that they were paying him then. Um, that was a long winded answer. But yeah, I, I definitely think Minnesota is still alive and well. Um, obviously, the blowout loss to the Cowboys didn't boost a lot of people's confidences, but there's still there's still a lot of season left to play. And I, I think Minnesota can uh, can secure that number one overall seat. Do you especially think in that division, too, <laughs> especially enough. playing in there in the NFC? Well, North. I mean, they've essentially already won the, the NFC North, like, you know, with the with the Packers lost to the Eagles, which, again, we'll talk about later, um, like they're for sure. Yeah, they, they have it locked up. They have such a lead. And, you know, it just doesn't look like Aaron Rodgers is ever going to get it going. Um, so do you think the Patriots have a shot at making the playoffs? Because right now I believe they are on the outside looking in. I don't believe they're in the playoffs. They're like right outside, though. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's definitely interesting. I, I do think they have a chance to sneak in. Um, you know, I guess they would they would most likely be a seven seed. I, I don't think I could see them getting any higher than that. But listen, Bill Belichick finds a way. Um, you know, he's he's been sneaky in the past. Even since Brady left, like, they haven't been the most talented team in the AFC. But but the Patriots have been sort of on the cusp, I think. Um, and I think this is definitely the most talented team they've had since Brady's left. And, and Mac Jones, if he can continue to just Take care of the football. I think that's the biggest thing for him. I mean, obviously true with every quarterback, but especially in his case, because he's had, um, you know, his reputation has been that he turns the football over in, in um, crunch time and stuff like that. I think that's going to be key for them. Um, so I could definitely see the Patriots sneaking in at the seven seed, but um, it's it's just hard to tell. I, I think it's too early to say how things are going to shape out. I think all we know in the AFC is that it's Kansas City, and probably Buffalo second, and then you know from there, who freaking knows? Those those division leads could shift and change. I'm not even confident the AFC North um, that the Ravens are the best team there. So uh, obviously we'll talk about that later as well. But yeah, the Patriots can get in, I I, I think. And um, if they don't, you know, I I think it'll come down to the end of the season for them. Quite frankly. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think they can sneak in too, but it's going to take a mass because there's a lot of teams competing for those wild card spots right now. So it'll take a it, it, it's going to take a lot. They're going to have to win a lot and they're going to have to, you know, hope that some of these other teams kind of fall off before they can uh, officially, you know, Absolutely. feel like they're that they're safe in. All right. Well, we got through the first slate of games. We're going to take a quick break. Listen to some ads from our sponsors. We'll see you guys on the other side. For sports fans living in condominium and homeowners associations, as well as business professionals, when you need a reserve study, PM Plus Reserves has been in business since 1990. Their studies are accurate and easy to understand. Check them out when your association needs a study, www.pmplusreserves.com. You can also contact them at 703 803 
888-888-8436. Once again, www.pmplusreserves.com. Hey there, this is Mark Francis of Icon Real Estate. If you have any real estate needs in the Winchester surrounding area, including West Virginia, give me a call. I've got extensive experience, been in the business for almost 20 years, and would love to help you out. Track me down at Icon Real Estate, iconsells.com, or even give me a call, 540-247-1527. Again, Icon Sells, I-C-O-N-S-E-L-L-S.com, and I would love to chat with you and help you out. Give me a call. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back here on the Kirby on Sports podcast. I am, of course, your host for the day, Carlos the Swiss Army Knife Martinez, joined by Dan the Weapon Dembski. Uh, Kirby Ooh. is uh, doing a, uh, some some stuff. He, he he's he's working Business. at the moment, so he'll uh, he'll he'll jump on as soon as he can uh, again. Um, all right, Dan, we're gonna jump. We're gonna kind of fly through some of these games. There's not a lot to say on Agreed. some of them. Um, and then we'll obviously because I'm pretty sure we're gonna have a long discussion on the Ravens. Um, so and there's just a lot of games we have to get through. Yeah. So we'll probably just jump quickly through the Dolphins Texans. The Dolphins blow out the Houston Texans thirty to fifteen. Dan, what did you think about this game? Uh, just uh, you you just saw the difference um, of organizations. Quite frankly, I mean um, the Dolphins needed a kind of a blowout win. I felt like they got it, and of course. They had to face poor Kyle Allen in this game. Um, <laughs> and yeah, this this was it was just a runaway train. And uh, and Houston is just they're they're pathetic. They're pathetic. They're they're a one and nine team now. One nine and one. Sorry. Yeah, they're sure for sure the there. worst team in the NFL right now. Um, no question. Where do you think this puts Tua in the MVP conversations? He, he had a pretty solid game. Um, I don't know. It's it's just very tough right now. I. I think it's going to be hard to to catch Patrick Mahomes and and what he's been able to accomplish. And uh, I, I I would say he's probably in the top four. Uh, you know, you can argue order, um, of course. And and court quarterbacks are going to always get the benefit of the doubt in in the mm. MVP race. We we know that. Um, he has played great, but listen, he's got Jalen Waddle and uh, and and Ty- and Tyreek Hill. I mean, and um, you know, I I think it no matter what quarterback you put with those receivers, that the, the quarterback's going to look great. Um, but it's, it's tough. It's tough. I, I can't pick an MVP right now, but I, I certainly think you have to put Tua up there. Um, yeah. I think he's been I, so impressive this year. Yeah. I think for sure Tua is, I think Tua might be number three, actually. I think mm-hmm. I, I, my list goes Patrick Mahomes, of course, number one, Jalen hurts, number two, and then, um, uh, to a number three. So it'll be interesting like to list. see how, yeah, it'll be interesting how the, how that shapes up here coming down the stretch. Um, next game, the Bengals and a nail biter again against mm-hmm. the Titans 20 to 16. Dan, of course, this is, I mean, it really looked like Joe Burrow had, got, has a swagger back. He looks, he, this looked like yeah. a, like a Bengals win from last season. Um, they obviously have are doing this without Jamar Chase. It looks like Jamar Chase might be coming back this week, but I think it's I think this is something that Joe Burrow really needed to show you know to show that hey like I can like I'm not successful just because I have Jamar Chase like I'm successful because I'm that guy I'm him. So what did you think about the Bengals' performance and the fact that once again the Titans cannot beat the Bengals at home? 
I have a confession to make. So I wrote the Bengals off stupidly. Um, I don't remember how long ago it was. I don't know if it was two or two weeks ago, three weeks ago, whenever they were struggling. Time just sort of goes in a circle, it seems like. But you're you're exactly right, Carlos. They they have found their mojo. Um, and the, and they are right now the hot team, I think, in the AFC. Um, a team that I think is rising, that is that is hot, mm-hmm. not a not a mm-hmm. team that stayed there. That makes They're them peaking extremely at dangerous. The right time is what you're trying to say. They're, exactly peaking. Thank you very much. See, I this this is why we do the podcast together. Exactly. Um, <laughs> we finish each other's sentences, sandwiches. Um, but anyway, um, I mean, you you said it well. I mean, T. Higgins had a had a heck of a game. Um, 114 yards and a touchdown, and. I think Cincinnati's got a good enough defense. I mean, if you're able to, you know, D- Derrick Henry had a couple of solid plays for the Titans in this game, but they did just enough um, late in the game. I mean, they only held him to 38 yards. So, I mean, what mm-hmm. else? What else could you really do? Um, and then, you, and my Ryan, theory, my, my theory is correct. He's not the greatest running back. He's not. He's he's just he's very hard to tackle, and we all know across the league there's not good tackling really at all so no no if you don't if you don't rap well against Derrick Henry you're going to get plowed over and you're going to be uh on a on a highlight reel so they I, the Bengals are just a really really solid well coached team and um yeah they they certainly have were written off you know not just by me i think a lot of people thought that mm. this was an off season for them super bowl hangover we all we all talked about it on this show not to be. I mean, it's it's still a long way to go, but they're they're very very dangerous team right now. And God, just think about when they get Jamar Chase back, what kind of wrinkle that's going to add again to this offense? Because you really have to devote one hundred percent attention to him because mm-hmm. he can he can kill you. He can kill you one on one. He can kill you in zone too. So, ah uh, man, it makes me very very nervous. Um, yeah, this was a was a huge win for Cincinnati. Um, I was surprised by the outcome of this game, especially being on the road as well. I thought Tennessee would uh, find a way to pull away in this game late, but got to give credit to the Bengals um, and Joe Burrow. Like you said, he is that guy. I mean, he's proven the guy's been a winner since he's been there, disp- despite the first season where he got hurt. Um, but yeah, this is um, a very dangerous team, and I I would want to play them coming up. And unfortunately, uh, my Kansas City Chiefs have him next. So. Your Kansas City Chiefs have him next. It'll, <laughs> it'll be going to be a tough game. It's it's gonna be this is definitely gonna be a playoff game and it's 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 a chance yeah. for the Chiefs to obviously get revenge on what happened last season where we lost to them twice. Um, so yeah, so the Bengals of course beating the Titans twenty to sixteen. Let's move on to the next game. The Panthers pulling off, and I guess. Hmm. Kind of a surprising big victory. I guess not surprising in victory because the Broncos have been terrible. But they yes, they beat the Denver Broncos twenty three to ten. Of course, the story the story really coming out of this game was the fact that one of the defense I don't remember which player mm-hmm. it was uh, from the Denver Broncos getting into Russell Wilson's face um, yeah. during the game, and then of course the story that came out today, which is this is kind of a Kirby nugget because only Kirby would usually bring stuff up like this of uh, the fact that it was Russell Wilson's birthday. Uh, he had a birthday party, and only half the team showed up to his yeah. party when it's the bad. whole team was invited. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it, trouble, tr- trouble in Denver. Uh, what do you think, Dan? Like, what did you think of the Panthers' performance with Sam uh, Donald? Is it Darnold or Donald? Donald? Donald. Donald Duck. Yeah. yeah. Donald Duck. Uh, 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 you know, his first game back, obviously he was injured. And 
what did you got what did you think of that performance and and what do you think about this i mean is this the worst trade ever in nfl history the seahawks have clearly won this trade uh it's it's tough to say whether it's the worst trade um but it's it's got to be up there especially with all the money they decided they were going to pay him outright with before he even stepped on the field in a broncos uniform um i'll start i you said uh, obviously sam darnold i i think he played pretty well um the thing that I was impressed with 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 Darnold um, that I think Baker Mayfield has had issues with is, um, I mean, obviously he didn't turn the football over. Baker Mayfield has had a problem doing that. Um, but another thing that I think the Panthers did really well that's a little understated is how well they run the football in this, ran the football in this game mm-hmm. um, and ran it often as well. Um, Foreman had a great times. game. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, he had 24 rushes, so. That's that's sort of the game plan when you have a quarterback who's coming back and who hasn't played in a long time. And, you know, Sam Darnold's cr- criticized very often, but I, I, I think you got to stick with him. I think we've seen that Baker Mayfield is not the answer for the Panthers, a quarterback. I was I've been surprised because I felt like this was a perfect situation for Baker, you know, that he was going to finally be healthy again and be able to show, um, you know, what what he could do with basically a fresh start. I was wrong. I was dead wrong about him. So you got to give Sam Darnold credit for this win. But I mean, like you said at the top, the Broncos are just a bad football team. And it it really all starts with Russell Wilson and his just ineffectiveness, a quarterback. I mean, here's a guy who was, here's a guy to quote the great uh, Chris Collinsworth. I mean, 19 of 35 in this game. It's just brutally bad. Um, And it it really says a lot when you have your your you know defensive players yelling at your quarterback but then like you said of course you know you invite the whole team to your birthday party and only half the team shows up um they really don't like russell wilson uh it's it's quite plain to see um i just can't i can't wrap my head around why he's played as bad as he has um I know his last couple years in Seattle, we talked about it on here and, and everyone else had his performance and quality of performance really dropped off in those last couple years. Mm-hmm. Um, but of course he was getting hit a lot, facing some lingering injury issues. Um, it's just a complete miss with this trade. And I, I don't know if it's the worst trade of all time. Um, Cause you know, the uh, who was it? I think it was the saints traded away their whole draft for Ricky Williams, like way back in in the late 90s i think that takes the cake for the worst trade of all time mm-hmm. um but this this one has to be up there um especially when you're talking about the egregious amount of money that he is robbing from this franchise right now um it's just it's inexplicable it's just inexplicable i i i mean as shocked as i was about maker baker mayfield this one is it's just, it just baffles me every week because you keep thinking he's going to turn the corner He's finally going to have a game where he looks like his old self. It just hasn't happened. And it just continues to blow my mind how bad he has played. And now his teammates are turning against him. And that that's a bad sign when, you know, it's not even your first full season with, with your new team mm-hmm. and your, your own teammates are turning against you already. Just a nutty situation. Yeah, Denver. 100%. Like, I think... But I, I don't think you can necessarily put it all on Russell. Like, Russell Wilson definitely deserves a, a good chunk of the blame. Because like this is like you're brought in here to be the guy like 
what are we doing? You know, like, come <laughs> on, like, let's go. But I think also they just made the wrong coaching decision. Nathaniel Hackett is clearly out of his oh. depth. He's not ready to be head coach. Agreed. He's He's been awful this season. I mean, this is a team, I mean, again, what what do we bring up every week? This was supposed to be the division that was going to be the group of death. <laughs> you had four you you have four teams that on paper uh, are absolute killers. And mm -hmm. somehow it turns out two of them are paper tigers. One of them just is just always cursed with bad luck. And then the other one's the Chiefs, yeah. who are always good. Like you 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 just can never beat them. So uh, I, I agree with you on, on on a lot of it, but I do think Nathaniel Hackett also deserves a lot of the blame. Agreed. It's clear that he just doesn't, he's just not ready to be a, a head coach. So, um, so yeah, with that, uh, again, the Panthers beating the Broncos 23 to 20. I mean, do we really have to talk about the Jets bears or do, do we just kind of skip this one? We can, uh, we can uh, gloss over that one. I don't think there's much to say. I mean, the in, Jets in get the win. You know, in the first game of the Mike White era, you know, of course, this is the first game where uh, they benched, uh, what's his name, Zach Wilson. Zach, Zach see, Wilson, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm already forgetting him. I'm already forgetting him. <laughs> like, like that's how, that's so how memorable the, his run has been. So are the Jets. So, yeah. Like, I mean, it's a good choice. <laughs> yeah, they beat the Bears 31-10. Of course, the Bears uh, had were down to their third-string quarterback because uh, mm -hmm. Simeon hurt his oblique. Uh, it warm ups and of course uh, Fields was ruled out for this game. Um, so a good win for the Jets uh, to you know win it thirty one ten. Good for them. So let's move on to the next game. Uh, I wish Kirby was still back on, but I you know he's still doing his his business. But um, you know we move on to the Commanders beating the Falcons nineteen to thirteen. Dan, as it stands right now. All four NFC East teams are in the playoffs. They're in. All yeah. Taylor Heineke does is win. The legend of Heineke continues. And they're not, it's not necessarily always pretty, but I mean, the team clearly responds to him. And that's why they named him their, their starting quarterback over Carson Wentz. What did you think of Washington's performance? And what do you think about this whole Marcus Mariota experiment going on in Atlanta? Yeah, I think, uh, as far as the commanders, I mean, they've been impressive. I mean, let's face it, since Taylor Heineke um, has taken the helm, I feel like they have a new energy. And, and you kind of said that. I feel like his teammates rally around him. They, they, they love this guy. They would, I don't know if they'd run through a brick wall for him, but certainly, um, you know, I, I feel like there's a lot of trust being built there between Heineke and his teammates, and that's huge. I mean, if you remember... Um, in the in the playoff game against Tampa, I think that was the playoff game mm -hmm. where Chase Young he scores the touchdown. Chase Young points to his jersey. I think that was sort of the start for for how his teammates began to really trust him and, and respond well to him. But also, what I was really impressed with is the fact that Brian Robinson. I mean, he's had Ooh. an insane, insane comeback after the tragic. Well, it wasn't tragic because you know he didn't pass away, obviously, but just the the insane um you know after the gunshot incident. wound yeah yeah that, that that he had and he has come back this season and the way he's played he runs the football with you know ferocity that i haven't seen in a long time mm -hmm. um and i you know i don't i don't exclusively watch the commanders i i i watch a lot of um red zone so i see um you know i i kind of see what, what every team does but yeah he's he's been i think one of the biggest parts of this team understated 
Um, and obviously his story is just, <laughs> you know, his, his comeback this year. Um, I don't know if he's comeback player of the year, but certainly he's got to be in the consideration. Um, mm. And yeah, and, and Heineke, like you said, it, it, it wasn't necessarily perfect. It wasn't pretty all the time. Um, but, you know, the, the thing is, he's won football games for them. Um, mm-hmm. Now they're seven and five. They're, they're two games above 500. When's the last time we could say that about Washington? Um, at this point in the season, I, I really don't know. <laughs> I can't remember the last time we could say that, but I mean, it's been a while. Um, <laughs> it's, it's been a long time. Um, I think, so I, I think I've been very impressed with the commanders. Definitely. They played better than I thought they would. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if long-term Heineke's the guy. I, I, I can't answer that question. What I can tell you is he's the short-term answer. Um, mm. you, there's no way you can ever bring Carson Wentz back. I don't care if he's fully healthy or not. So, um, yeah. So, so Kirby wants us to to say some good things about the team. We're doing that now. So, so don't worry about it. Yeah, man. Um, she she has no has no uh, faith that we will say good things. And and Kirby's right in his comments here. I mean, the defense played extremely well. Um, on top of that, and we talked about. I mean, your other question was about Marcus Mariota. I I think the Falcons are just trying to figure out what they have, um, and they found out that they don't have much. I think that's mm. just the conclusion they can come to. They've got to start over. I think they got to start from the ground up, and this team is pr- pretty much a, a pretty steady state rebuild at this point. And Marcus Mariota, I think he's been given. Um, you know, this, this was kind it's kind of his final chance, I think, to be a starter in this league. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't know if you agree with that or not, but he's, he's had several opportunities and it just has never panned out. And I think it's coming down to the end here. So I, I like Marcus Mariota, but I just, he just hasn't, um, he just hasn't performed. Um, yeah, he definitely hasn't lived up to the hype that he had coming out of college. Of course, like I brought it before, he was a you know former Heisman you know trophy winner and everything. He just hasn't lived up to it. So for for me, like I would agree with you. I don't necessarily know if Taylor Heineke's the answer. I don't think he's he's the long term answer, but I agree he's the short term answer. He's definitely like like right now. Just don't ruin a good thing, right? You know, like he's mm-hmm. you guys are winning games with him. The defense is playing stout, and they're about to get Chase Young back. So obviously, we don't know how great, great Chase Young is going to be coming back from an ACL. But at least, like you, you got you got more coming back. Um, okay. Um, sorry, Kirby's sending us messages on what his thoughts on the game game was. But um, yeah, no, I mean, like it was it was a good game for for. Uh, the commanders, I mean, like I said, right now they're in the playoffs. And I think right now the commanders are are more so peaking. I think they're they're on the come up where the Giants are on the come down. So I think it's a good point. I, I think and, and injuries factor into why the Giants are also on the come down too. We have to also factor that in. I, I forgot to mention that during the Cowboys Giants segment. Um, is that you know the the Giants are dealing with a lot of injuries right now. Um but for for me the commanders are just like if there's if if anything if one team is going to be left out of the nfc east i could see the giants being left out more than the commanders i think the commanders are playing very well i think brian robinson really adds a new dynamic to this um you know to this offense he he just has such a strange running style 
You know, he's, yeah. he's very upright. Yeah. You know, most most guys are very like low to the ground. You know type running backs but like he's like he's very upright you know makes him hard to tackle yeah yeah for sure and like you like you said earlier it, it's been a, a year of terrible tackling in the nfl also um <sighs> yeah. so i mean i don't really have much else to say on this i mean i've just been impressed with the commander's bounce back and i, I attribute that mostly to the change at quarterback because now they don't necessarily have a quarterback who is, like sure Heineke's going to make a boneheaded mistake every now and again but he's not going to cost you the game the way a Carson Wentz would cost you the game yeah and I think he gives them an energy that they haven't had let me think back here I mean I, I guess you could say Kirk Cousins brought some of that RG3 in his rookie Alex season Smith, that's really Alex Smith, brought Alex it to Smith. yeah so that's I mean, that's just hard to find. If you can capture that, it's sort of like lightning in a bottle, and I think that's kind of what they have with Heineke um, right now. I mean, I'm not going to go too far, but um, maybe lightning <laughs> in a bottle is a poor analogy to use. But, yeah, I, I think they just have to ride the wave right now, and I, I think there, there's going to be some ups and downs throughout the rest of this season. But the key thing for the commanders is, I mean, that defense is solid. They can they can help you win games as well. Um you know, don't don't discount them either. So I, I think that'll be a big thing going down the stretch as well, especially in this division. Agreed. Agreed. So again, the commanders beating the Falcons 19 to 13. We go out to Cleveland, Ohio. Cleveland! Mm. This is for you. The Cleveland Browns beating the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 23 to 17 in overtime. This was a mm -hmm. god awful game, in my opinion, by Tom Brady. Mm -hmm. It was not a great performance. Um, I mean, Dan, like the Browns, kind of setting things up for Deshaun Watson to come back. Of course, he comes back this week yeah. against the Houston Texans, so they got him a come win back. here. So they're four and seven. The Buccaneers are five and six. Uh, mm -hmm. I mean, what, what were your thoughts on this game? What did you think of Brady's performance? I mean, he has. I've guessed decent numbers. He was 29 for 43, 246 yards and two touchdowns. But this offense has pretty much been very ineffective all season. They just don't seem like this looks nothing like how it looked like last year. Mike Evans looks like he can barely play half the time. I mean, they yeah. have all these weapons still, but just it just looks like this offense can't get going. Well, yeah, and I, I think I'd say like similarly, similarly to what we've said with Rodgers not trusting his receivers, I kind of think Brady's at that point as well. Um even guys like Mike Evans who have been there for a long time. I mean, we saw like three or four weeks ago when Mike Evans had, you know, a wide open touchdown and he let it bounce off his hands. Just the most ridiculous drop I've seen in a long time. I think that's kind of where the Buccaneers are. I, I think they see the end of the road that is Tom Brady's career. And um, I don't care what Brady says. I, I know there was a comment he made the other day of, I'd rather play and lose than retire or mm -hmm. not play whatever verbiage he used. I think that's a ridiculous statement, but I agree. Um, and you know, he's just trying to, he's just trying to save face and say, say the right things and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I mean the bucks just, there's no rhythm on offense. Um, and it's, there's, there's also just poor timing between Brady and his receivers. And I, I think it just, it's, something's amiss with with this team it's kind of been that way since the start of the season and they they still haven't figured it out and i think you've seen like brady's not what he was even last year um the arm strength isn't there as much i still think he's got a decent arm but you know it's mm -hmm. it's not like we saw the drop off with drew Brees at the end with the saints where he really could not yeah, throw he doesn't have a noodle 10 arm yards 
Yeah, you know, he doesn't have a noodle arm. Um, but there's really no there's not a lot of what's the word I'm looking for? He's not comfortable in the pocket. You can see that. Mm. The offensive line hasn't done him any favors. He's been under pressure this year more than I've seen in quite a long time. And that that's thrown him off. I think it's gotten in his head. And um, you know, you can't say that the, the stuff going on in his personal life isn't affecting him. I, I Oh, it's think for sure one hundred percent affecting him. It would I mean, it would affect all of us. Um, oh, yeah, we're all 100%. human. We're all human beings. You know what I mean? So I, I think that plays a factor as well. So I think if you add all those things together, you have a Tom Brady that we really just are like, are, is this really happening? Like week to week, the fact that he is missing receivers. Um, there is no trust there that you can see. And it, it's just been sloppy. It's been sloppy across the board for this offense. Um, and I think for Cleveland, um, I've been impressed with Jacoby Brissett. I mean, he, he hasn't been perfect. Um, I don't know if he's earned a starting job with any other teams. Um, I kind of think he should be given an opportunity somewhere. And, you know, mm. th- there has to be a team out there who can give him that chance. Um, the Browns are sort of a scrappy team, and I think I think Jacoby Brissett was, was helping with that image. Also, Nick Chubb in this game had a really, really solid game, 116 rushing yards. He is... Uh, Jesus. <laughs> I'll tell I'll tell you what, man. When he gets going, he there are a few running backs um, that have the same tenacity he does. Um, yeah, agreed. And um, I just think in general this this game, I mean, it's it, it wasn't pretty. I I didn't think it was going to be, um, you know, a high scoring affair. It turned out it was more of a defensive battle as we thought. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I also I also don't think the Browns are out of it yet, and I think this was sort of a you know, a chance for them to say we're we're still here. Um, in a sense, we don't know what's going to happen with Deshaun Watson. I don't think anybody knows how he's going to play. We can all predict, um, but he he hasn't played in two years, so we don't know what's going to happen when he takes his first snap of, of um this year. Um, but I, I I think the Browns are in a decent position. Um, I don't know if you know. I think winning the division's out of the question. Yeah, it definitely is I, out of the question. It's out of the question. I don't yeah. know if they're going to make the playoffs either, but I think they're going to at least right. maybe make a run for it. I think I think they can make a run. I I do believe that. Um, and yeah, the Bucks are just inexplicably dysfunctional this season. And yet, and, you somehow, know, it, it also way, makes you wonder. They're winning the division. <laughs> yeah, it's just a really really bad division, man. Ugh, it's it's disgusting, quite frankly. They're the NFC How... East this year. It's so bad. Yeah, yeah, literally. I mean, you could, they they could probably go eight and nine and win that division. I, I don't think there's any question about it, um, which is just a travesty in my in my opinion. Um, it's a travesty because they're going to get a home nuts. game, and chances are it's going to be Dallas who has to travel there. And yet Dallas is the one that's going to have the much better record, and yet they have to go on the road. It makes th- th- that's where this this whole playoff system does not make sense. It should, I mean, I understand divisions, like you want, you have to win your division, like that's what matters, that's how you get the first four seeds, but in a way, it's almost like the NBA model would sometimes be better, because like, it would be the top teams, right, it's it's just seeding, you you know, but I I understand, like, you, they have, we have divisions, so it's like, you have to, you know, you should earn something for being the best team in your division. But at the same time, it's like, why should a, let's say Dallas goes, let's say Dallas goes undefeated down the stretch here, right? And they end up 14 and three. Why does a 14 and three team have to go on the road to go play a eight and nine team? Like that makes no sense to me. 
Yeah, and it's. Uh, I think the same thing happened with Washington when they won the division. When I think it, that that was the year when Tampa Bay came to Washington. If yeah, I Tampa Bay was eleven and five, and Washington was a seven and nine, I believe. Seven and nine, correct. Yeah, so that was that's similar to what's going to happen this year, which is just nuts. Um, but I, I I will say most of the time it works out, and in, in that you know the teams that are the top four seeds are truly the best teams in that conference. But there are off years, and I think this is <laughs> this is definitely an off year um, for the NFL in general. And, and for, I mean, there, there, there's going to be that team that ha- unfortunately has to make the playoffs from this division. And uh, it's probably going to be Tampa, unfortunately. We're not going to be able to say, you know, adios to Brady at the end of the regular season. We're going to have to watch him at least play one more game, which is just going to be, oh, come on, just end it. Please. Yeah, hopefully, if it is Dallas, Dallas can finally get the win on Brady because we've never beaten Brady Please. in franchise history, and we can send him, you know, off to the sunset. But, but with that being said, the Cleveland Browns beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers twenty three seventeen. Okay, Dan, we're here. I'm gonna just give the floor to you here in a second. Okay. The Jacksonville Jaguars pull a stunning defeat. On the Baltimore Ravens, twenty-eight to twenty-seven. Dan, what what's the offensive coordinator's name for uh, for Baltimore again? It's Greg Roman, right? It's the criminal, Greg Roman. That's uh, correct. Do you think he listens to Taylor Swift? <laughs> do you think he? I'm do, the, do, 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 do you it's think me. I'm the problem. It's me. Yeah, yeah, is that yeah, yeah. is that you what think, you're going for here? Do you, Sorry, think, do you think he's finally that. ready to admit that he's the problem? I don't know because I I think the issue is that John Harbaugh will defend him to no end. Um, and Do you think John Harbaugh might be the problem here too, man? Like, dang, this I has been like the most. Be. Uh, despite the I fact that the be. Ravens are sitting here at seven and four, they feel like such an up and down roller coaster ride of a team. They are an up and down team. They they just don't they don't play together as a team. They one side of the ball falters late in games. We've seen them now blow four leads this season um, in all four of those losses. I mean, they they had the lead in the fourth quarter. Like, it's inexplicable that you blow those games, but they have. This game was completely inexcusable. Um, you know, your, your offense, the offense was terrible for, I would say, three quarters, maybe even a little bit into the fourth quarter, and then they finally got a touchdown late to uh to go up seven and I thought okay here we go we have our you know Super Bowl caliber defense at least that's what I thought they were no no they they let him drive right down the field they let Trevor Lawrence look like vintage Tom Brady I'm just gonna just boom 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 five plays in the end zone you know like he was Patrick Mahomes I was just dumbfounded I I couldn't understand um first of all I don't get a lot of the coverage schemes on that last drive why are you playing such loose coverage um, I mean, the Jags have some speedy receivers. They're going to be able to catch the ball and run after the catch. Again, I'm not an, I'm, I, I've said this over and over again. I'm a schmuck. I don't, I'm not a football coach. You know, I'm, I'm not a guy who understands strategy very much, but come on. It just gets to a point where it's ridiculous. Um, and unfortunately, like we said, this has become the Ravens MO this season. They are not a team. They're a team that when they grab the lead at any point in the game, I mean, my mind immediately just goes to how can we blow this lead? Um, <laughs> in our even in our seven wins, you know, I think I would say maybe one of those games I didn't I didn't feel that way. I felt like against um, the Jets we had a pretty good handle on things, and uh, I would say against the Patriots 
we also had a pretty good handle on it. That's also because mm-hmm. Mac Jones got hurt. Um, mm-hmm. But other than that, I, every other game I've gone to, oh, no. Like, I feel so bad. We have a two-possession lead. How is this going to blow up in our face? And it's just unfortunate. Um, they just haven't done what they needed to do on both sides of the ball. Um, Lamar Jackson was criticized. I criticized him for most of this game until he drives us down the field. Um, they're in the fourth quarter and we finally get, um, that touchdown and the two point conversion to go up by seven. And it finally looks like, okay, you know, that was an 85 yard drive. Lamar finally looked like himself. The offense finally looked like themselves. But the defense just, I, I, it's, I just can't understand it. And I, Kirby says in the chat, Tucker should have made that kick. They tried out Justin Tucker to try to make a 67-yard field goal, which would have surpassed, surpassed his record that's by a yard. insane kick to try to make. <laughs> it's, it's nuts. And, and uh, you know, it came up five yards short. So the fact that, that that's a whole other issue. The fact that the Ravens are comfortable. I know it's Justin Tucker, right? I, I understand that. But the mm-hmm. fact that they're comfortable with bringing him out there to try a 67-yard field goal shows the kind of state that this team is in. They mm-hmm. would rather not take a chance at the end zone because I think they they probably had a chance, I would say, to go to the... They, they could have gone on a Hail Mary at least once, I think, in that situation. Because mm-hmm. um, I think they were like... I'm trying to think how much time was left. It was more than 10 seconds. It wasn't, it wasn't a whole lot. But... Um, it's, it just kind of shows the state that this team is in. And Justin Tucker was the MVP of this game. I mean, he's really the reason why we even got any points to begin with. Yeah. Um, th- they just don't they don't play together as a team. I, I think, I, I, I don't know what it is. I think offensively, there's just such a lack of weapons, and we've talked about this. Lamar has doesn't have a lot of help. Uh, in this game specifically, I think they had five or six, five or six drop passes, two or three of those that were touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Um, one was egregiously bad that hit, hit, uh, I think it was Oliver, um, right in the hands. And, and Andrews also had a couple of drops. Andrews, he hasn't, uh, hasn't, hasn't made the good. same impact this season as he normally does. No. And I, 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 he's battled injuries. I think that's played a part in it, but something's up with his psyche right now. He's, just, he's got to get that straightened out. Um, and that's concerning because he is our go-to receiver or has been, really since Lamar has been the quarterback of this team. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just, there's just not a lot of positive things to say about this team right now. And I'm, I'm, you know, we, we started the conversation with Greg Roman. Um, and it seems like John Harbaugh is just repeating the same answers over and over in press conferences when it comes to what's wrong with this team. We hear the same thing week after week, you know, we're going to look at the tape, we're going to get better, blah, 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 blah. But they, they really don't do that. And that's mm-hmm. what has me concerned. I think right now is the fact that there's such a lack of accountability. Um, and look, Harbaugh's a great coach. The guys won a Super Bowl. You can't take that away from him. He hasn't had a lot of losing seasons in this league. But after after the Ravens won the Super Bowl, they missed the playoffs four out of the next five seasons. Mm-hmm. The only difference came along, and his name was Lamar Jackson. And he saved John Harbaugh's ass. I have mm-hmm. no there's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. Um, it seems like the Ravens are due for a change now. It, it just it, it's at a crossroads, in my opinion. I, um, I don't know if you fire John Harbaugh. I don't know if you make I that decision you, now. I think I think this should be John Harbaugh's last 
hoorah, to be honest, because it's clear, you know, that this team is not responding to him anymore. And he's mm-hmm. been the coach for since what, 08 was when he was hired? 08. Yeah, yeah, 14 so, years now. You know, at, at a certain point, like I've said, leaders like that eventually start to lose impact in the locker room, right? And it's mm-hmm. clear. And when you've dropped, and when all four of your losses, you were up, you know, by 14 points, I believe it was, and you somehow managed to drop them all. It's it's insanity to me. And the fact also that we've been saying this about Baltimore for like two years now, that th- their issue is they have no weapons for Lamar to throw to. There's no solid guy for him to throw the ball to. And that's something they need to address. This is, you know, it also kind of has screwed Lamar Jackson because this is his contract year. And yeah. we all agree he deserves to be paid, but it's just like at the same time, you know, the result, you know, like he's got games like this where he just doesn't p- perform. I mean, but you can't put it all on him, obviously, because the defense also made Zay Jones look like a, uh. you know, a megastar. <laughs> like the dude was uh-huh. lighting it up. When have we ever said Zay Jones was a solid wide receiver? You know, like I forgot like, who he was before the game. It, yeah. He was on he was on the Raiders last year. Nobody realized he was on the Jaguars until today. You right, know? exactly. It's it's insane. It's it's just I, I just don't really know how you fix this. Like I don't. Um there's just so many issues with the Ravens that mm-hmm. they're good they're a good regular season team, right? They'll get the wins. Obviously they're seven and four right now. My guess is they're they're definitely gonna make the playoffs, whether it be they win the division or whether it be they end up in the wild card. I, I don't know because of course they do have the Bengals right on their tails, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I just I don't I don't know, man. Like they're gonna make the playoffs, but I just it's clear clearly this team is not built for the long haul. It's not built to make a Super Bowl run right now, and, right? And it's you know the other thing too. You can't even sign your franchise quarterback. You know that you can't even come to an agreement to to keep him on the squad. That, mm-hmm. and plus, you haven't given him much to work with. I mean, the last time he had decent receivers was three years ago when he had his MVP season. That was really the last time you could say that the Ravens had legitimate weapons. Mm-hmm. And um, the front office has had misses. I mean, they've, they've drafted a Devin DuVernay. They've drafted a James Prochet. Those guys haven't worked out. I mean, um, it's it, it's ju- it, it comes to a point where you have to look yourself in the mirror and say, we're just not doing enough for this guy. He's going to explore his options, right? I mean, there, there's going to be teams that are going to want to pay Lamar Jackson, you know, insane amounts of money. He's he's mm-hmm. he's going to get that from someone, um, and that and that's my biggest concern that, that he goes somewhere else in the off season. And really, um, <laughs> it, the more and more frustra- frustrated he gets with um, this team, the more and more I think it's going to happen. And you know, he has every right to be frustrated. They really haven't done much to help him. Um, you know, this team doesn't have the same energy they had even just last year. Um, you know, it's it's just it's it's an anomaly to me right now because they I I don't think they're a Super Bowl quality team. Um, I've always I, I mean, I thought coming into this season, this was probably a good chance for them to mm-hmm. um, at least make a playoff run of some kind. We mm-hmm. win a couple playoff games, which is something they haven't done in a long time. Um, it just hasn't. It just hasn't happened yet. And I, I think also, too, they're at a crossroads where 
they 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 have to move on from Greg Roman. It's it's obvious his schemes on offense are not working. Um, I saw a lot of film from um, on Twitter this uh, this week so far. Um, spacing, wide receiver spacing, routes that are being run super close together. They just don't. There's no. It's like there's no thought to to the concepts, the passing concepts that this team's running. You know, it, it's almost like they set Lamar up to fail or, you know, Lamar has to run because that's the only option he has. And I feel like that's a lot of times what Greg Roman has done to this offense. They forced Lamar to sort of run for his life, if you will, and try to make plays. And it that's going to create mistakes. And it has. Mm-hmm. Um, he's he's had some bad plays. So it's. It's a complete and utter mess right now, and and Lamar missed practice today. He had a he, he had a quad injury in practice. He was limited. It ju- it just goes from bad to worse for this team. Um, I just don't have a lot of confidence right now. I I thought the defense was the saving grace, um, and in that first half against Jacksonville, they really did a great job getting after Trevor Lawrence, um, you know, keeping their receivers in check. But I I just I don't know what changes for them to be such a different team from really from the third quarter to the fourth quarter, quite frankly. And um, it's just a lot of questions to be answered for this team right now. And I, I don't think there's a lot of easy solutions at this point. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I, I do want to just a quick note on Jacksonville. Uh, I mean, it, it's clear, you know, they finally have adults in the room um, and you know, yeah. the Jaguars look, look great. They, they, they look really good. Trevor Lawrence looks like he's on the right path. You know, and it'll be interesting to see how they look like next season when they get, uh, you know, Ridley in there uh, to kind of help with that, with that offense. Um, all right, that was the one o'clock. Really slate. like, I really, I really, I just want to say, I really like what Doug Peterson has done. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. The Jags fans the need to just be too. patient with him. They they just mm-hmm. need to be patient with him. Let this process play out. Let him build what he built in Philadelphia because he did build Philadelphia to be a Super Bowl right. winning team. So let him were. do that. <laughs> And and we'll see where Jacksonville can go from here. Um, so, yeah, okay. so uh, with that, we'll take a quick break. And uh, when we come back, we'll talk. Uh, we'll run quickly through the uh, 4 o'clock games. Is it finally time to upgrade your home's interior? How about with an authentic farm table made locally from recycled barn wood? Shenandoah Primitives, based right here in Winchester, Virginia, makes farm tables, benches, tables, coffee tables, and a long list of other items for your home decorating needs. At Shenandoah Primitives, function and style are combined for great furniture that will last generations. If you're interested in combining the industrial look of metal with wood or considering something incredibly unique with a live edge, Shenandoah Primitives turns those ideas into reality. Thinking about a mirror, wine rack, or other accent piece for your home, Shenandoah Primitives can assist with that as well. As a local small business, Shenandoah Primitives is happy to work with each client for a custom design or schedule an appointment to come out and view current inventory. Local high-quality handmade items can be found at Shenandoah Primitives. Find us on Facebook and Instagram or visit us at www.shenandoahprimitives.com. Once again, that's www.shenandoahprimitives.com. All right, welcome back. All right, Dan, let's get through this. All right, we'll start off in Seattle 
The Raiders and the Seahawks play to an overtime thriller. Josh Jacobs makes the last second scamper to the end zone and the Raiders pull off the victory 40 to 34. What did you think of this performance? Is this going to jumpstart the Raiders season a little bit? I don't think they're going to make the playoffs at this point, but does this help them? And then also Seattle, I mean, this kind of hurt their chances of winning the division. So do you think that they're still in the race to make it into the playoffs? Because right now they're on the outside looking in. Yeah, I think this is a big one for the Raiders. I don't know if it jumpstarts their season. I know we've been waiting for them to finally have a game where they look like they put it all together. Um, I don't think they put it all together in this game necessarily. I think they just gave the ball to Josh Jacobs and said, please do your best. And 33 uh, carries for 229 yards and two touchdowns. And he delivered. He went off. (laughs) Man, he he delivered well. Um, Seattle. And they're 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 the defense of old for them, and I I mean old is uh, I'm sure they miss the 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 Legion of Boom now. Um, oh yeah, watching that kind of performance again at all at their home stadium, which by the way, tough environment to play in. You got to give Always. um got to give the Raiders credit for going in there and taking care of business. Um, yeah, I, I I think this is a good one for the Raiders. I I don't know if it jumpstarts their season. I think it gives them some confidence moving forward for sure. Um, like I said, I think going in that environment and getting the win is huge. Um, mm-hmm. Derek Carr also had a pretty good game as well. Let's not overlook that. This was a very high-scoring game. Really, both teams' defenses were uh, suffocated. Um, they they had no answers. So it's a, it's a good win for the Raiders, I think, as far as um, – and a career day for Josh Jacobs, of course, with a huge touchdown run at the end where he was – I mean, let's Virtually face it. Virtually untouched. The, the, the hole he had – you could drive like two semi trucks through, and yeah. uh, and and they would have had clear sailing. So, got to give credit to the O line for that one. I think you got to credit the O line in general in this game for the Raiders for how well mm-hmm. they blocked. Um, mm-hmm. I I think for the Seahawks, you are right. I mean, you know, they they're obviously on the outside looking in. Um, th- this is a game they had to have. The Raiders were sort of limping into this game, and this is this is a gimme type game at home. And, you know, again. I can't state this enough. Seattle, the the 12th man, which literally they had a 12th man come out um, and block. Uh, they did. Block they did. Seattle. Um, they did. I've never seen that in my life. And the fact that it wasn't a penalty is just nuts. Uh, he kind of um, snuck onto the field. It was in the midst of the chaos. So obviously I don't think the ref saw it. The way it was explained was that he thought that the, that, uh, the player was down. So that's why he ran onto the field. Um, to kind of go celebrate with him because I believe that was on what and it, that wasn't an, an interception was it if I remember correctly or was it an interception? I think so uh I, I, I'd, ha- I'd have to go back and I, I can't remember because I was going to ask you if you knew <laughs> I believe game- it was on one of the picks that 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 incident yes. occurred and he came out onto the field thinking that the play was dead and then it wasn't dead so but he didn't get caught so I guess that's all that matters um, it's just it's just odd. Like you wouldn't think that would happen, and especially because, like, you play to the whistle, right? That's that's what they say. Um, mm-hmm. Just bizarre, just a bizarre sequence. Um, but yeah, I I think I think Seattle. Um, I mean, they they desperately needed this game. This division is interesting to me um, because obviously, um, you know, the Rams aren't what they were this year aren't aren't what they were aren't what they were last year we've we mm-hmm. know that um i'm sure we'll talk about that but um 
this division, and I, I have to see the standings real quick because I, I was going to... Uh, right now, it's the Rams in last place, then it the, goes the Cardinals, then it's the Seahawks, and then it's the right. 49ers. So, I, I, I think Seattle's going to have a hard time just because I think if you see how, how the Niners have played, we I mean, we talked about this earlier, they're peaking at the right time. Mm -hmm. um, it's going to be tough to outrun them, especially now with what Christian McCaffrey has brought to the table for this team, just another wrinkle in that offense mm -hmm. that, um, you know, really, really helps Jimmy G out. So I, I, I think Seattle's going to have a tough time making the postseason. Um, but you got to give Pete Carroll some credit. I mean, nobody thought that Geno Smith was going to be able to step in and play as well as he's played this season. And maybe he's used up all that good play and, you know, down the stretch, he, he'll struggle and look like the quarterback we all suspected he was. I don't know. I don't think so. I, I don't think so. But, I think I, I I think I think Gino's gonna play well. It's just a matter of have they did they lose too much ground right now? Because you do mm -hmm. have to factor in the fact that Washington does like like if in the playoff standings right now, Washington is above them at seven and five too, right? They're, they're the number seven seed. You have to factor in the fact that the that the Washington still has a game against the 49ers coming up. So that could easily be, give them a loss. And then if Seattle can continue winning they will eventually overtake Washington so it's not out of reach yet but it's definitely like you better hope that you know some things have to go in their favor Ooh. yeah and and again I think you have to take advantage of the opponents you're facing um and they they just didn't do that I think they took the Raiders for granted and we've seen the Raiders play some ugly football this year there's no question um but you gotta, I mean, both offenses just had a field day. Um, and Josh Jacobs, that's <laughs> just and just a nutty stat line. Um I don't know if you if you said what it was, but I mean he had Yeah, Josh um, Jacobs, yeah, I said he had yeah, yeah. I said it at the beginning. Thirty three carries, okay. two hundred twenty nine yards, two touchdowns. Yeah. It's just um, it's just nuts. It's just nuts. Yeah, that's an insane I, stat I, line. I don't think I have anything else about this game I, I i thought it was um as far as the afternoon games i, I felt like this was the only one that it was really interesting um yeah you know. i guess i mean the next one was was also interesting well yeah yeah I, I guess i guess there was another one that was pretty pretty interesting if you guys were watching the youtube but, feed and you saw my facial reaction just a second ago i'm just i, I just gotta yeah say sorry this. there's some wild stuff going on in college football right now like two stories just broke one about a, the John Kitna's son, and then the other one about Nebraska's oh, yeah. interim head coach. It's it's going wild in college football right now. So uh, obviously not going to really get into those stories, but uh, just a lot of wild stuff happening. So um, the Raiders beating the Seahawks forty to thirty four. Let's head out to Arizona and the Kyler Murray show. Woo! I'm Continue. so excited. Uh, the Chargers uh, pull out a squeaker and beat yeah. the Cardinals 25 to 24. Uh, obviously, in the press conference, um, Kyler Murray saying that schematically the Cardinals were <laughs> expletive. I, I can't curse on uh -huh. this podcast, uh, you know. And uh, do you think that it's finally starting to dawn on the Arizona, on the Cardinals, uh, you know? Uh, organization that hey maybe Cliff Kingsbury isn't the guy uh, and like he just doesn't know what he's doing because you know there was really no reason why they should have lost this game they were pretty much in control for most of it and then it wasn't until the Chargers got a two you know a touchdown and two point conversion 
in the fourth quarter that they pulled out the win. And not to mention, you're facing a team that's extremely banged up. I mean, the Chargers, I mean, they they have an insane amount of injuries, and they've had, they have guys every week that seemingly get hurt. So the fact yep. that the Cardinals still struggled in that respect, I yeah, it's it's easy to see that like, and I I, I think all three of us, including Kirby, have been saying for a while that we just didn't understand what the fascination was with Cliff Kingsbury, why he I've even got this it, job he to begin his with. Way up, he somehow failed his way up. I don't understand. I think it's because he had a good head of hair that that got him. He had the yes. sort of McVeigh look. You know what I mean? Um. It's it's just a strange situation, and um, you know it's it's really bad when you see because I, I I think I don't know if we saw it in this game, but I we've seen it this season where Kyler and, and Cliff kind of get into it a little bit on the sidelines. I think that happens between uh, coaches mm-hmm. and quarterbacks. Usually, usually not during games though. We usually see hear about it, you know, during practice or in the film session or whatever. Um, not a good look <laughs> to have it happen several times during the season, and it has. Uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to defend Kyler. I, I think he's probably the most overrated quarterback in the National Football League. Like I said, does not deserve and that that contract that he got. It's just nuts. It's just nuts. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know what else the Cardinals have to see um, and how much more slack they're going to give Cliff Kingsbury because, you know, it, it would appear that they're going to give him at least till the end of the season, depending on how it turns out. But I, I don't know how you can bring him back. I just don't. Um, mm-hmm. it's obvious that it hasn't worked and it's really bad when you're, like you said, your quarterback in the press conference of the game is saying we're schematically effed, you know, um, that's just a whole other situation. Oh man. Yeah. They're, they're, they're a mess of an organization right now. Um, <laughs> yeah. let's just say there is no organization in, in, uh, in, in Arizona. Um, and, uh, it's just, it's, it's just dysfunctional. I mean that's that's just the only way I could I would say it right now and um it's not going to get any easier for them. Uh I you know I don't think. So this is a this is a pretty much an upset win for the Cardinals like you said at the top. I mean this no, this is a team that uh, the Cardinals. <laughs> did I say oh did I say he Cardinals? Said, yeah, My he bad. Said Cardinals. <laughs> My bad. Um yeah, it's uh it's a it's a big upset win for them and Justin Herbert played really well and um he uh he he gets a lot of praise as well i think sometimes you know the, the media likes to um you know give him a little too much love um but i think i think in this game this was um this was well deserved i mean his stat line is extremely impressive <clears throat> and the fact that again you know week to week his receivers you don't know who's going to play right i mean you have guys that are just constantly going down and getting injured. The fact that he's still able to play at a consistent level um, has been, uh, has been pretty nice. And, you know, Brandon Staley keeps his, keeps his job at least another week. So I don't know how sustainable that is either. He's he's keeping uh, it for now. So that's all that matters. Uh, So, yeah. So there were no timeouts late in the game that ruined things this time. So, Hey, at least he's learning because they're, we're going to eventually (laughs) talk about a coach who who just didn't yikes. (laughs) So yeah, so the Chargers pulling off the the you know I guess the upset twenty five to twenty four on Arizona. Let's go out to San Francisco. I don't really have a lot much to say on this game. The 49ers beat the Saints thirteen to nothing. It wasn't really that exciting of a game. Jimmy G didn't necessarily have you know a lights out performance. Um, neither did Dalton. Um, 
Of course, Garoppolo did throw one touchdown to uh, Jennings, so that's good for him. I mean, there's not much to say here. It was a good win by the 49ers. Clearly, their bread and butter is going to be their defense, who I think they haven't let it, they haven't had a touchdown scored on them in like the last like 96 minutes of football, something like that. Some crazy, crazy. stat like that I heard today. Um, so, um, I mean, I don't have much to say. Do you have anything to say about this game? Not really. Um, you know, it's just great teams find a way to win. Like I said earlier, no matter how ugly and this game was ugly, <laughs> especially offensively, if you were into that. But um, yeah, Andy Dalton is um, you just don't know which Andy Dalton you're going to get week to week. And uh, that was never more apparent than in this game. And uh, yeah, I have, I have nothing else to add to that. I felt like the Niners did just enough to win and uh, the Saints were just no competition in this game. Niners defense is really, really stout. I mean, just, oh, yeah. just like you, just like you stated. Um, and that's what I think is going to really help them. If they're going to make a run in, in the postseason. it's, it's going to be that defense is going to have to do a lot. And uh, I think, I think they can. Agreed. All right, let's go out to Arrowhead stadium and the home of the, of the Chiefs. Chiefs. Yes. The Kansas city chiefs beat the Los Angeles the banged up Los Angeles Rams 26 yeah. to 10. Of course, the Rams brought out their third string quarterback. Uh, what's the, I believe what Brian Perkins, Bryce, I believe Perkins. his name, Bryce, Bryce Perkins. Perkins. You see, I don't even know the dude's name. That's how UVA. irrelevant he was UVA, a UVA kid got his first touchdown uh, of his career, mm -hmm. but through two picks while, while in the process, 13 for 23. But the story, it was a kind of a lackluster chiefs win. Honestly, it just kind of felt yeah. like they were more so looking forward to the Bengals game because they fit. They, they knew they had this game in hand. The Rams are obviously, like we've said, are nothing like they used to be. This is the, the bill has come due for everything that they put into trying to win the <laughs> Super Bowl last year. I like um, that. Patrick Mahomes, uh, you know, um, pretty, I guess by his standards, uh, pretty pedestrian stat line, 27 for 42, uh, 320 yards, one touchdown, and one awful interception in the end zone, which shows, hey, this guy's human. You know, he, he it, uh, sometimes his uh, his, uh, his improv plays don't necessarily always work out because that was a terrible pick. It, it was like there was no zip on that ball. Um, you know, try Pacheco had a pretty solid game. I thought Travis Kelsey, of course, had a great game. Uh, you know, MVS is kind of just like, sometimes you just wonder why he's part of the team because, like, he just doesn't really make the same impact plays. <laughs> uh, but I thought, you know, it, it was good to see that, you know, Juju Smith-Schuster was able to play in this game. Obviously, he didn't really do too much just because, you know, they're still being uh, cautious with him, you know, because that was a pretty – I'm going to imagine that was a pretty bad um, – uh inter yeah interception or i'm sorry concussion sorry my, my my mind was somewhere else my bad um but yeah i mean not much to really say on this game it was a pretty standard chiefs win you know uh i don't know if you got anything on it dan not not a lot i i think you covered it well um yeah this was this was a game where you could sort of see the chiefs were just kind of coasting through it they knew they didn't have much to worry about, especially when you're facing Bryce Perkins, who, you know, they didn't, there was no tape on, obviously never, he's never played a snap. So it's mm. like, what are you going to do? Um, uh, you know, and it, it's already a Rams team that was already suffering enough as it was. Um, 
And, you know, when, when Bryce Perkins is leading you in rushing with 44 yards, you really don't have much to worry about either. They've so, never had a running game, though. They they, they haven't. They haven't. Um, yeah. I, I guess what's um, – I was trying to think. Sony Michelle, right? He was mm-hmm. – he was decent. I mean, that was probably the last, like, sort of decent running back they had. Um, I'm trying to think of how long ago that was now. Was that I would last say year? Melvin Gordon was their last like great running back. Going back, yeah, probably. Yeah, like going back because then then he got a major contract after that from and the, then just completely fell yeah. off. So and I then he went to the that. Broncos, right? If I remember correctly. Melvin Gordon? Am I talking about I the same guy? No, he went to Mel- Atlanta. Melvin Gordon. Am I thinking okay. about the same guy? Melvin Gordon? I Isn't thought he also played for Denver. Maybe maybe that was later on. I don't know. I might be thinking of the wrong guy. Who was the guy? He had dreads. Whatever. It's it's irrelevant. They had a running back oh. a while ago. Mm. Yeah. I think he was drafted by them, but yeah. Anyway. He was. He was out of Georgia. Yeah, correct. I think it was Gordon um, now that I think about it. I'm going to look it up. Yeah. Just hard to remember any of this stuff anymore. I'm positive. Um. But yeah, I, I I don't have much to add. I I think the Chiefs took care of business just like they oh, should. No, and, uh, it was not Melvin Gordon. Whoops, it wasn't. <laughs> it was not. Keep, keep uh, yeah, just keep going. I guess I'll find out. I don't I I don't have anything else to add. I I think you covered it well. The this is sort of um, you don't like to say a tune up game, but you know to prepare for Cincinnati. I feel like Todd Gurley. Um, it was Todd Gurley. 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 That's who it was. I knew it was a guy with a G. Yeah. All right, there you go. Curly. There you go. I was going to say, because I, I was like, Gordon played for the Broncos. He pl- Gordon know. played for the Chargers. That's why. So he was an L.A. Yeah. running back. He just wasn't with the Rams. He was the Chargers. That's right. It's just hard, hard to remember any of this stuff anymore. Um, yeah. That's why Google is the is the king. Exactly. I, I have nothing else to add. I'm just going to babble on and on if you if you keep. Let me, let me keep going. So um, <laughs> I think we can move on. Yep. The, so, uh, yep. The Chiefs win twenty six to ten. All right, we're gonna take a quick break and we're gonna talk about the two primetime games and then we're gonna get out of here. So uh, we'll see you on the other side. Hey, sports fans! Thank you for listening to and supporting the Kirby on Sports podcast with founder and host Josh Kirby, along with lead contributor Dan Dembski. Like, subscribe, and give them a five star rating wherever you get your podcast from. My name is Dr. Dave Miles, founder of Dr. Dave Leadership Corporation. Our company helps leaders build engaged and productive teams. Exclusively for listeners of the Kirby on Sports podcast, you can take an opportunity to discover your primary communication style and learn more about effective communication with others. Text Kirby to 757-903-0743 for your free copy of the Working From Home Communication Assessment where you'll learn your primary communication style, how to better communicate with others not like you, and tips on working remotely based on your personal communication style. 10 minutes, tons of resources. Learn about yourself and your team. Again, text Kirby to 757-903-0743 for your free assessment report today. I'm Dr. Dave Miles, founder of Dr. Dave Leadership Corporation, where we help you and your team be more engaged and productive by understanding each other better. Back to you, Josh. Well, I am not Josh. I am Carlos. So back to you, Carlos. Thank you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that was good. That was really All right. good. All right. All um, right. Respect. Sunday Night Football. 
Philadelphia yeah, yeah, Eagles yeah. take on the Green Bay Packers. This game was obviously the big storyline was the fact that Aaron Rodgers uh, left the game. Uh, and mm-hmm. then we had a Jordan Love sighting, and Jordan Love looked good. He looked good. He made some what? pretty key passes. What, like, what was this third or fourth pass? Was it a touchdown or something? I can't remember exactly how many. I believe it was his fourth pass. I believe fourth so. Fourth pass. Yeah, so. Yeah, I mean, you, you got a chance to look at the future there, which was good for, for Green Bay because you can see the writing on the wall. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, woof. He yeah, has r- been really dreadful this season. Just dreadful. Um, and he's he's lost a lot. <laughs> I, I guess I we, we'd be remiss if we also didn't talk about Jalen Hurts, man. He was an oh, absolute so animal in this game. He's just, he's such a weapon. Um, you know, we've we talked in the past, of course, about Lamar Jackson and, and sort of his, what, what he brings, not only the passing game, but the running game. And I, I think, you know, Hertz does the same exact thing. This game, it just goes to the extreme. He had more rushing yards, 157 rushing yards for a quarterback. Um, and then and he had 153. Those in the first quarter. Right, right. And then 153 passing yards. So he had a just an insane game. And he's he's such a dynamic player. Um, and he's the reason why Philly, I think, is in this situation. I mean, without him, this team is probably on the cusp of being a playoff team. Um, but they're certainly not in this situation where they're ten and one now, and just dominating. Um, you know, I, I think the main thing for this game is, uh, you know, the Packers really kept it close in the first half, twenty-seven twenty at the half, and then I felt like the Eagles obviously got out to that thirty-four to twenty lead in the third quarter, and that's when I think it was pretty much set in stone. This game was over. The Packers made a little bit of a comeback, but. Mm-hmm. You know, you talk about sort of garbage time points. That's kind of what it seemed like it was from uh, a little, from a little from Green Bay. Just 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 a little bit. Maybe not to just the extreme that some of these other teams do. But yeah, I mean, the Eagles are there's a reason they're ten and one, and it's it's Jalen Hurts. I mean, <laughs> that's that that's really it. They've his full potential is being shown week week after week, and he's just been so impressive. And um on the flip side, the Packers just they right now they don't have an identity. Um, they just don't, and I think that's I think it's another reason to maybe maybe you do, you know, Riff Rogers even if he is thinks he can play. I, maybe you give Jordan Love the ball and say, okay, it's it's your offense now. I don't mm-hmm. know. I mean, I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Do you think if if Rogers does if he's sort of healthy and he wants to play, do they let him play or do they say? No, we're I mean, gonna he's come out and said him. that he's going to play. Yeah, he, like he, mm-hmm. he said it on McAfee's show uh, that no matter what, he's like if he can get out there, he's going to play. Uh, to me, I, I just think, listen, it's clear that this season is a dud. Rodgers is hurt. His his thumb is still still broken. He, you know, now he's got you know a rib injury. I guess it is. I'm not entirely sure what's necessarily wrong. I think with it him. was his rib. Just, yeah. Just, just just call it. Just just call it. Like let's see what Jordan Love has. Like like let's like let's let him have you know a little bit of a go here. You know down the stretch. You know I I just don't you know obviously that'll cause such a huge controversy. You know, because people are going to be like, oh, is this the start of the Jordan Love era? Which I believe it's about time. You know, this dude was drafted three years ago. You know, Aaron Rodgers, you know, didn't want to sit on the bench forever also when he was behind Brett Favre. So, 
you know uh, and he said he sat for a good time too i think i think yeah, it was about three years it, as well it was, it was yeah. about the same it was about the same amount of time so i mean at some point they drafted jordan love for a reason use him he looked solid in this game i thought i thought he looked yeah, really good. good he definitely cleaned up a lot of things that were that he had issues with last year when he did get a chance to start because you know the whole covid situation with aaron Rodgers. So, mm-hmm. um, and on Jalen Hurts, yeah, no, I, I, I agree 100% that, like, he's he's a playmaker, man. Like, you saw it. Like, the, the Packers defense had no answers for him. They couldn't tackle him, mm-hmm. which was surprising, you know, like, but also it looked like very poor tackling that they were trying to do with him. It's just like, wrap the guy up, stop going for his <laughs> legs. Like, what are you doing? And, but, like, nah, he made, a, he made plays and, he looked good. It was a good bounce back game because obviously he was getting a lot of criticism for the for the Indianapolis game. So for him to yeah. come out and and perform the way he did here was great. I think there's a lot of question marks on this Philly defense right now because again, they were up 14 nothing you know, relatively quickly on the Packers and then the Packers actually I believe it was 13 nothing. And then qu- quickly the Packers came back and scored two 13. touchdowns. Yeah. Yeah, and it was just like, whoa, okay, this is not going to be a blowout. It felt like it was going to be a blowout, but now it's going to be a game. And Rodgers yeah. and Rogers, and then also Jordan Love kind of kept the Packers in it. And I think that's a problem because, again, when you go up against, like, a Dallas coming up soon, that's that's not going to fly. You know, like, Dallas is going to jump on that all day. And we know that Dallas defense is going to, you know, to figure out Jalen Hurts because they're a much better defense than Green Bay's is. But, uh, yeah, I mean, solid win for the Eagles. We saw some glimpses of the future for the Packers. It'll be interesting to see where things go from here. Yeah, I think you summarized it perfectly. I don't have anything else to add. Um, yeah, we, we we just continue to wait for the Eagles to fold in, in, in one of these games. They haven't done it, and so maybe it's not coming. I don't know. I think it's going to be tough to finish 16 and one, but that's just my opinion. Um, uh, I doubt they do. They do have a tough game against Tennessee coming up too. So does mm-hmm. Dallas. Dallas has a tough game uh, against Tennessee also, but then also there is the Dallas game too. And then they still got two games right. against the giants. You never know what's going to happen there. Right. You know, we Good saw point. Washington was able to pull out the win. So, um, yeah, you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens. So again, the Packers or I'm sorry, the Eagles beating the Packers 40 to 33. All right, we can kind of jump through this game real quickly. The Steelers beating the Colts 24 to 17. Obviously the big, you know, the big thing here is that Jeff Saturday <laughs> did not call any of his timeouts um, mm-hmm. in uh you, you know in that last drive and uh I Kenny Pickett getting another win. Yeah, this was a nice win for Kenny Pickett. Um and he played you know, he pl- he he played pretty well. I mean, he only missed eight passes. Didn't didn't throw a touchdown, but you know the way the the Steelers um, utilized the running game. He didn't really need to to, uh, to have a touchdown. It would have would have helped for sure. But I mean, you're right about mm-hmm. the storyline. It's it's all about the fact that the uh, Colts were in uh, striking distance to tie this game up, um, and for whatever reason, Jeff Saturday would let the clock just drain, 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 and didn't take a timeout. We've seen coaches do this all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, Maybe not I all really the time. I shouldn't say all the time. I, I, it's but. been it's been an issue with new coaches lately. It feels like in like the past three yeah. seasons where they just have poor clock management. I don't understand it because like us at home, we have. A, I, I don't understand why at home 
we feel like we have a better sense of the clock than the coaches do. Like you're in the game. Like just look at the clock. Like if you feel like you need to call a timeout, call a timeout. It's not hard. This isn't hard and to maybe, do. And maybe that's the problem. Um, maybe they're not looking at the clock and they they're not listening to the coordinators or whoever um, when it you know comes to take a timeout. I I want to know what they were saying into his headset. That that's really what I want to know. Were they telling him like take a timeout, mm. take a timeout, or were they letting him sort of coach in the moment because he is a new coach and they want him to sort of get. Uh, his feet under him. I don't know. I mean, you have spotters that look at all of that stuff, right? Like you, you have to know in that situation, how many timeouts you have, you know, what, what's on the play clock and what's on the game clock. And it's just, it was just a mess. It was a mess. And, you know, just obviously the criticism of, well, he shouldn't be a head coach was like the immediate thing. You know, I, I don't necessarily, I mean, I don't know why they hired him um, to be an interim head coach. Cause he has no experience. You know, obviously, like I talked about before, like he understands the Colts. I mean, better than I mean, Peyton Manning's probably the only one, like I said, who understands mm -hmm. it better. But besides that, like he just he he's, doesn't have any experience at all. And that inexperience showed. I mean, we, we saw like you have your team at least a chance to tie the game. Also, Matt Ryan running the ball was really strange. Uh, I don't know when the last time we saw Matt Ryan run for more than like three yards. Maybe, maybe the, their Super Bowl appearance Years season. But it's it's been a long time, so that was weird in in and of itself. Mm. But yeah, this this was a good win for for a good confidence booster for for Kenny Pickett and for Pittsburgh. And um, you know, um, this this was sort of a must win game I think for them, in in this situation. So, um, yeah, my 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 hats off to Pittsburgh. As much as I hate to hate to say that, but what can you do? I mean, they did. They 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 earned it in this game. Agreed. Steelers beating the Colts twenty four to seventeen. Dan, we did it. We ran through the gauntlet. Woo! The drive is over. We ended in a touchdown. I guess you could say. I don't know. We took forever to do that. Almost two we hours. Did. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I I, it, I don't think the new format really helped on timing, but I think it actually made things longer. So we might it have did. to dis we might have to discuss some of that uh, off off air. We'll have a production meeting about that. Yeah, definitely. Um, all right. Well, let's just let's wrap this up. I mean, uh, anything good. you're looking forward to today? I mean, I obviously have some things, you know, but or anything you're looking forward to this weekend? You know, I you mentioned Titans Eagles. I think that's a really good matchup. Um, get to see if uh, you know an, an, another tough matchup for the Eagles. See if they are, are legitimate. We we keep waiting for them to slip up, like I said. So that's a good one. Um, outside of that, I, there's not a whole lot of other games. I, I think, uh, let me see if I can pick one more game just cause there's Chiefs Bengals, not a dude. lot. Chiefs Bengals. Okay, Chiefs, that's Chiefs game of the, Bengals that's game of the week. That's game of the week. You're right. Ah, uh, there it is. Okay. You, you, you got me there. That's, that's definitely the one that's going to be, uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Yep. Um, and that game is, that's in Cincinnati, right? Yep. That's yep. in And that's in Cincinnati. Um, so you so you go for it. So obviously that game is is there, are there any other games or anything else in the sports world you're looking out for? Because obviously the the World Cup, right? Like, come on, you can't. Yeah, I mean, the boys and the baby eagles, the boys in blue, they made it. They made it. They made it out of the group stage. Crazy into the round of sixteen. We face the Netherlands. There, listen, Dan. There's only two people I can't stand: those who are intolerant of other people's culture. And the Dutch, okay. <laughs> Those are the two people I can't stand. There it All is. All right. So, with that being said, 
The United States takes on Netherlands at, I believe the game kicks off at 11 in the morning, um, which, you know, that's not terrible for, you know, a Saturday. By that point, I should be up. So the plan is to get some breakfast, bring it home, watch the game, you know, all that Good stuff. Good times. So, uh, Saturday, right? Saturday? Saturday, Saturday morning. Good. Saturday I don't morning. Wanna, I do not want to miss that. Nah, I mean, yeah, you know, th- thus far, uh, it has been a successful, um, you know, this this is a deemed successful World Cup. We got out of the group stage, Agreed. made it to the round of 16. The, I mean, you got to also factor in, like, we did not, we weren't in the World Cup last time. So, uh, I don't want to go into a whole World Cup rant here, but I'm definitely excited for that. And, of course, I'm excited for Chiefs, Bengals, and Cowboys, Colts. Um, you know, mm-hmm. I, anything that has to do with my teams, I, I'm, I'm excited to watch. Gotta, so You got to love it, yeah. So, uh, Dan, this was a lot of fun. Let's do this again next week. Uh, Let's do it. Kirby, of course, is he, he? he's backstage. He's he's doing some stuff. So, unfortunately, he couldn't really be involved in the show too much. But we did get to hear from him for a little bit. So, uh, you know, uh, thanks again to Kirby for, for everything. Always. Um, of course, uh, check us out at www.kirbyonsports.com. Um, and, of course, we have to thank our sponsors, PM Plus Reserves, Shenandoah Primitives, Dr. Dave Leadership Corporation, Mark Francis with Icon Real Estate, and Barrett Pest and Termite Services. With that being said, I am Carlos the Swiss Army Knife Martinez, and we will catch you guys next week. Later!